Welcome to the fourth episode of the Comms Gear Podcast. My name is Jason. And this is a list of topics that I found interesting this week. This podcast is geared towards doing a summary of some of the major events in communications tech and recent events. So without further ado, we're going to start off with some government things. So in an article from whitehouse.gov, that's coming from the White House directly, the U.S. president has aimed to restore American leadership on the world stage by investing in the military, by advancing global health, fostering democracy and economic prosperity, and addressing global challenges and working in collaboration with allies and partners. Kind of his job. But the budget from the president proposes measures to outcompete China by investing in infrastructure, supporting developmental investments, renewing the compact compacts of free association with freely associated states, by deepening alliances with partnerships in the Indo-Pacific and promoting integrated deterrence. Additionally, the budget confronts global security threats by supporting Ukraine, countering persistent threats, and monitoring the nuclear deterrent. In another article coming from Defense.gov, again, the U.S. Department of Defense assigned the 2023-2027 to DOD Cyber Workforce CWF Strategy to develop a capable and diverse cyber workforce capable of executing complex and cyber missions. So a hyped up skill set of team personnel that we already got. This strategy is aimed to close workforce development gaps, stay at the forefront of technological advances and transform into a data centric enterprise. It is aligned with the 2022 national defense strategy and the DOD's four human capital pillars, identification, recruitment, Development and retention. The development, the, the implementation uh, of the plan will provide a list of activities the DOD will pursue over a multi-year period to enable the, depart- the department to identify, recruit, develop, and retain the most capable cyber workforce in the world. And an article from CISA.gov says that the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, has added three new vulnerabilities to its known exploited work, uh, exploited vulnerabilities catalog as evidence of active exploitation has been found. These vulnerabilities, which include remote code execution, command injection, uh, propose significant risks to the federal enterprise and are frequent attack vectors for malicious cyber actors. While binding Operational Directive 2020... 22-01, which requires federal civilian executive branch agencies to remediate these vulnerabilities, CISA strongly urges all organizations to prioritize timely remediation as part of their vulnerability management practice. And CISA will continue to add vulnerabilities to the, to the catalog that meet the specified criteria. All right, shifting gears to malware, an article from Checkpoint identifies that uh, there is a February 2023 most wanted malware, mal, malware, malware, Remco's Trojan linked to cyber espionage operations against Ukrainian government. So the Global Threat Index for February 2023 reveals that Remco's Trojan has returned to the top 10 list as it was used by cyber criminals to target Ukrainian government entities. The Emotet Trojan and former and form book info stealer climbed up the rankings to second and third place respectively while education research sector while the education research sector remained the most targeted industry 
Researchers observed a decrease in the average number of weekly attacks per organization from October 2022 to February 2023. However, Ukraine remains a popular target for cyber criminals following that Russian uh, invasion, and the online attacks are believed to be linked to cyber espionage operations. The most exploited vulnerabilities were the web servers, malicious URL directory traversals, web server exposed Git repository information disclosures, and Apache log4j remote code execution. The OBOT Trojan remained the most prevalent malware, followed by Formbook and Emotet. In an article from Bleeping Computer, it says Emotet malware, again, uh, attacks have returned after a three-month break. So the Emotet malware operation has resumed its spamming of malicious emails after a three-month hiatus or break, rebuilding its network and infecting devices worldwide. Emotet is a notorious malware that is distributed through email containing malicious Microsoft Word and Excel documents uh, attachments. And once loaded, the mal- malware steal victims' emails and contacts for use in future Emotet campaigns or download additional payloads such as Cobalt Strike or other malware that commonly leads to ransomware attacks. Emotet's latest campaign utilizes emails that pretend to be invoices that with inflated, uh, infected Word documents containing a mess of macros that will download the Emotet loader as a DLL. Microsoft's recent changes disabled macros by default in Microsoft Office documents from downloading from the internet. It may hinder Emotet success, but it may move to other file formats. Next article comes from highest.com. It talks about Black Mamba using AI to generate polymorphic malware. So this article discusses the emergence of an AI-generated malware and its potential to evade traditional security measures using a proof of concept called Black Mamba. Black Mamba is a polymorphic keylogger that utilizes AI code generative techniques to synthesize new malware variants, making it difficult to to detect. The malware also eliminates the command and control channels by using intelligent automation and can push back any attack-bound data through a benign communications channel. Black Mamba was tested against an industry-leading endpoint detection response resulting in zero alerts or detections. The article also concludes by emphasizing the need for organizations to remain vigilant and adapt to new threats in the evolving cybersecurity landscape. Next article I've got comes from Sophos. It says, a a border-hopping PlugX USB worm takes its act on the road. So a new variant of the PlugX USB uh, worm Backdoor malware is causing localized outbreaks in Papua New Guinea, Ghana, Mongolia, Zimbabwe, and Nigeria. This new variant has a new payload and callbacks to the command and control server previously thought to be only uh, tenuously related to this worm. The malware uh, comprises a clean, executable, Avast SVC.exe susceptible to DLL sideloading, multiple instances of malicious DLL WSC.dll sideloaded into the clean loader, an encrypted .dat payload, and in a directory called Recycler Bin, a collection of stolen encrypted files with names obfuscated in Base64. Infection begins with a clean executable, which then downloads and runs the malicious payload, and the payload gathers various system information and attempts to, cl- to connect to a C2 server. 
Next article we've got comes from Bleeping Computer. Talks about Acer confirming a breach after 160 gigabytes of data are now on sale in a hacking forum. So Acer, the Taiwanese computer giant, has confirmed that it suffered a data breach after a server hosting private documents used by repair technicians was hacked. However, the investigation so far indicates that this this security incident has not impacted customer data. The data breach came to light after a threat actor began selling 160 gigabytes of data stolen from Acer on a popular hacking forum containing technical manuals, software tools, product model documentation, and replacement digital product keys. This breach follows other security incidents that Acer has suffered in recent past. So sad. Next article we've got comes from Bitdefender. It says that Bitdefender Labs warns of fresh phishing campaign that uses copycat chat GPT platform to swindle eager investors. So fraudsters have started using the OpenAI Labs chat GPT chatbot to conduct sophisticated investment scams. The scammers target users in Denmark, Germany, Australia, Ireland, and the Netherlands sending unsolicited emails with links to a copycat version of the tool that lures users with financial opportunities that pay up to $10,000 per month. After being directed to the site, users are asked for personal information, including contact information, and are then contacted by representatives who ask for a minimum investment of 250 euros. The chatbot itself is an AI-driven language processing tool that enables human-like written conversations, not an investment or financial platform. The scammers have created a phony platform that mimics the real one to unfortunately dupe consumers. The researchers noted that the employee who spoke with our with the researchers for the r- report claimed to work for Import Capital, a London-based capital uh, company. Shifting gears again to more Chat GPT AI type stuff, uh, for dark from an article from Dark Reading, employees are feeding sensitive biz data to Chat GPT, raising security fears. So. The use of the large language models, or LLMs, such as OpenAI's JetGPT, is raising concerns that sensitive business data and privacy-protected information may be incorporated into AI models without proper data security. The data security service CyberHaven has detected and blocked requests to input data into the ChatGPT from 4.2% of the 1.6 million workers at its client companies because of the risk of leaking confidential information, client data, source code, or regulated information to the large language model LLM. The the risk of uh, submitting sensitive data to ChatGPT is not theoretical, with research showing that training data extraction attacks could successfully recover verbatim text sequences, personally identifiable information, PII, or other information from the LLM. Next article we got comes from Gizmodo, says that DuckDuckGo has released its own ChatGPT-powered search tool called Duck Assist. Uh, so DuckDuckGo has launched a beta version of an AI search tool called Duck Assist, which uses ChatGPT and Anthropic's, and Anthropic's language parsing capability to generate answers scraped from Wikipedia and other related sources. Unlike Microsoft's AI-powered Bing Chat, uh, chat Duck Assist won't be a chatbot and will be uh, and will suggest an automated automatic answer when it recognizes a search term that it can answer. The company says limiting the data source to Wikipedia will help avoid bizarre 
uh, misbehavior seen on other AI tools like ChatGPT. Duck Assist is currently available on the DuckDuckGo web browsing app for phones and computers, as well as companies' browser extensions and in free and is free to use. The company plans to roll out the tool to everyone using the search tool on the DuckDuckGo website if the beta test goes well. Next article also comes from Gizmodo. It says Microsoft's AI-powered Bing search, which we just referenced, uh, search engine surpasses 100 million daily active users. So Microsoft's Bing search engine has reached 100 million active daily users, according to a blog post by Yusuf Mehdi, a company, uh, the company's corporate vice president and chief consumer marketing officer. Although Microsoft remains a small player with a low single-digit share, Medi described the figure as a notable milestone. A third of users of Bing pre, uh, of the Bing preview, an early bird version of the search search engine, are new uh, are new to Bing. While another factor driving growth is Bing's updated core web search ra- uh, ranking which has increased in relevance and quality thanks to recent integration with a OpenAI's Prometheus model. Next article we got comes from C- CNBC, and it says Salesforce follows Microsoft in launching an AI tool for salespeople with help from OpenAI. So somebody else is hitting up OpenAI. And Salesforce has announced that it will release a software called Einstein GPT that incorporates OpenAI's language model technology to help uh, salespeople, customer service agents, and marketers. The AI-powered offering will include a chatbot with technology that can write answers to questions based on information already stored in in Salesforce, which can edit uh, before sending. All right, cool. Uh, Salesforce has taken steps to ensure the tool's capabilities do not misinform people by narrowing the field of data that can influence the answer. And the company has not finalized the pricing or timing of the new features and wants to see how they perform, you know, in the pilot first before they start, you know, trying to get money for it. Next article I got comes from Ars Technica. It says Google's Paul McGee is a generalist robot brain that takes commands. Uh, Google and Technical University of Berlin researchers have developed a multimodal embodied visual language model, VLM, called Palme, P-A-L-M-E, which integrates vision and language for robotic control. Palme is claimed to be the largest VLM ever developed and can perform a variety of, to- of tasks without retraining. All right, cool. It can guide a robot to get an object without needing pre-processed or annotated data, making it more autonomous. Palme can also react to its environment and is resistant to interruptions that might occur during a task. The researchers plan to explore more applications of Palm-E for more real-world scenarios such as home automation or industrial robotics. Next article we got comes from Bloomberg. It says Google's plan to catch ChatGPT is to stuff AI into everything. OpenAI is taking over the lead in generative artificial intelligence with that launch of ChatGPT in November. And this has caused Google to feel threatened in a subfield of technology that its CEO, Sundar Pichai, has said to be more profound than fire or electricity. The company has issued a code red and demanding that all products with over a billion users must 
incorporate generative AI within months. Some employees have compared this initiative to Google's previously failed efforts to promote Google+. However, Google spokesmen have emphasized that the current AI push has largely consisted of Google Googlers being encouraged to test out the company's AI tools internally. Despite OpenAI's sudden success, Google has been good at applying technology into its core products years ahead of the rest of the industry. This one just kind of got them, but they're trying to play catch up. Now back to what I normally like to talk about. I got an article from Bloomberg for Apple who readies its next range of Macs, including finally a new iMac. In this article, Apple is conducting production tests of its new iMac desktop and is developing three new Macs that are likely to be launched between late spring and summer. The new iMacs will come with a new M-series chip to replace the M1, and we'll see some internal components redesigning. The manufacturing process for uh, attaching the the iMacs stand will also be different. The new iMac is codenamed J433 and J434, and will not be shipped until at least the second half of 2023. Additionally, the new operating systems are in beta testing with the second beta of iOS 16.4 and iPadOS 16.4 being rolled out to developers. And lastly, Apple's antitrust case has been reduced by the EU, which has narrowed its concerns about third-party apps using the company's in-app purchase system. Next article I got comes from The Verge. and says that Apple reveals a yellow iPhone 14 and 14 Plus. So Apple has introduced a new yellow variant for its base iPhone 14 and 14 Plus models. The yellow colorway is not available for the Pro models. But the color, the new color adds a pop of color to the device, which also, which is also available in black, blue, purple, white, and red. In addition to the new iPhone color, Apple has also released a spring-themed watch band uh, with colors uh, for the silicone iPhone cases. Apple has been releasing the new iPhone colors every spring, and this year's yellow variant follows yet last year's alpine green iPhone 13 and 13 Pro, and the previous year's brilliant purple for iPhone 12 and 12 mini. The iPhone 14 lineup has been updated with new features, including satellite connectivity, the third-party apps, which have added support for Dynamic Island, and this new yellow iPhone can be pre-ordered from March 10th and will be available from March 14th. Something new. Last article for Apple that I've got is from CounterPoint and CounterPoint Research, and it says that Apple is first to capture eight spots in the list of global top ten smartphones. So it's actually on the rise. Apple has captured eight spots in the list of top ten best-selling smartphones in 2022, with the remaining two spots being taken by Samsung, according to CounterPoint Research. The iPhone 13 was the best-selling, best-selling smartphone of the year, contributing to 28% of iPhone sales and remaining the number one smartphone each month from its launch in September of 2021, wow, until August of 2022. The iPhone 12 remained robust in sales in the U.S., Japan, and China, and the iPhone SE 2022 grabbed the 10th spot. Samsung's Galaxy A13 and Galaxy A03 took two spots on the list. Uh, CounterPoints expects the share of top 10 smartphones to increase in 2023 with a focus on portfolios, premier, pre- 
pre-minimization to translate volumes into profitability. That's all I've got for today. Thank you for chiming in and you all have a great day out here.